Welcome to Cafe Grit. My name is Beth Ann Campbell, and I'm the author of Where the Hell is My Bacon, a book about shitty corporate leadership and fried pork. I've worked in the corporate world now for over 20 years and have seen just about everything. I open Cafe Grit as a place where you can join me in figuring out how to make your career life better, whether it's finding your voice at your current job, pursuing something entirely different, or working for yourself. This is a place to go when you've got the hankering for purpose, a taste for fulfillment, and you're tired of living the rat race. Thanks for stopping in. Cafe Grit is now open for service. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Cafe Grit. I'm your host, Beth Ann Campbell. We're here on Season 1, Episode 5, Egos in the Workplace, Part 1, subtitled, I don't give a shit about your degree or how much money you make for the company. Stop being a dick. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll get get to that in just a minute. Uh, but before that, uh, how's everybody doing? Are you hanging in there dealing with the, the heat? Um, I'm pretty excited today because I got a, a, a package from Amazon.com, um, which is like every day, but because it's COVID. But today I got three bottles of boric acid. I know, hold yourself back from the excitement. Yes, I said boric acid because we're, we've got a little bit of an ant problem here in uh, Virginia. And it's not unusual to get a little bit of a flare up once or twice in the summer here where it's hot and humid. And you know, it's fine. You do, you pull out the raid um, ant B&Bs and you put them out, they go in there, they they get the stuff all over them, they take it, take it back to the nest, they kill the queen. Works great, usually takes a few days. But for some reason, now we're having the flare up of these little teeny ones, and they're coming in in much greater quantity, and it's just taking a lot longer. So, and it drives me crazy. There is nothing like an ant problem to make you suddenly become a clean freak. But it doesn't matter because they will find like every little crumb everywhere. So um, I have a little bit of experience in this. I consider myself a bit of an insect expert. Back in the day, and this was many, many moons ago when I was in college, my roommate and I had a place over in Uno's Pizzeria. And we had a horrible, horrible roach problem. And we had the place probably in six months, we had it roach bombed, you know, probably three or four times. And it would work temporarily, but then they would always come back. So we did a little research, asked around because there wasn't any internet back then. Uh, Great, I'm dating myself now. And, you know, boric acid is great. You put it around the perimeter of a room. And then when the the bugs come in, they track it on their feet, they they take it back to the nest, kill the queen. So um, that's what I did. So I'm going to nuke those fuckers. In fact, I think I'm going to set up like a little lure like I think if I put like a little dollop of honey and then if I put like a supernatural salt circle around it with the boric acid they'll go after the honey and then um track the the boric acid and take it back and kill the queen and boom I'm so excited about that and I'm I'm a nice person I really am if this were bees I would not do this but it's ants people all right on to the podcast so Egos in the Workplace, part one. So I did a poll on LinkedIn a couple weeks ago, and I asked everybody what my next podcast episode should be. And Egos in the Workplace was the winner, winner, chicken dinner. And I'm calling this part one because I think there are just so many stories. I've had a lot of people reach out. Um, I might have to reconsider calling this podcast Egos and Asshats because the response has just been incredible. I, I, there are a lot of dicks out there. And honestly, I haven't really encountered that many of them. I mean, the ones that I have are memorable, but man, some some people have really got some good ones. So ego is just insecurity wearing makeup. 
This is a quote by Gary Vaynerchuk. He's an entrepreneur. And I think most of us have encountered a big ego in our career life at some point or other. Um, there's plenty of them out there. And they can also be, um, you know, bullies, they can be narcissists, and I'm not a psychiatrist, so I'm going to leave the clinical definitions and evaluations to the professionals. So for the sake of argument for this podcast, I'm really just talking about your run of the mill self absorbed dick, you know, somebody who's just kind of full of themselves. And self absorbed dick, I'm going to use because it works great as an acronym because it's sad self absorbed dick. And then if you add big fat egos, it's sad BFEs. So I like that I think I'm going to go with that. Because it's a lot easier than saying self-absorbed dicks with big fat egos. We'll just call them sad BFEs. So, and just in case anybody thinks I'm going down a like a testosterone brick road here, sad BFEs can be, on occasion, women. I'm using the term "dick" here, air quotes, like men use the term "douche" or "pussy." Right? I'm told that these words have nothing to do with equating femaleness with weakness, so I'm going to say the same. Just because I'm calling an egomaniac a self-absorbed dick. I only mean dick in the neutral sense, like pussy or douchebag. And I apologize for my super extreme language here today, but you know, hopefully that's clear. As I often say, if you do find yourself getting defensive, you might be recognizing something in yourself and you might be part of the problem. So just saying. All right. So if you look closely, friends, there are some telltale behaviors of the ego in their natural habitat. So here are some ways that you can identify if you're working with a sad BFE. And don't worry if you're not experienced in this critical skill. Oh, trust me, it'll develop with age. So um, rest assured. So whenever you're having a conversation with somebody and it starts getting a little uncomfortable or awkward, listen to your inner voice and see if self is saying anything similar to these examples. So I've, I've got a few examples of what you, you might be hearing in your inner head, in your inner voice. One, oh my God, how many times is he going to mention how much money that account brought in? Move on. Two, why the fuck does he have to be so loud? And there he goes bad-mouthing the company again. You can substitute department, team, or person for a company. Three, yeah, Donald, we get it. You and the VP go way back. You both went to Cornell, played golf last weekend. Haven't heard that one before. That was kind of a little throwback to the office US, Andy Bernard going to Cornell. Four, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, is he ever going to shut up and let someone else speak? He sure likes to hear himself talk. Five, once again, Joan deflects, although she's the one causing the problem. Does she ever hold herself accountable or admit she's wrong? Six, yeah, Roger, I work weekends too, and you don't hear me talking about it at every fucking meeting. So if you find yourself saying these things in your head, or to somebody else, or your internal arrogance meter starts beeping wildly, you might be dealing with a bona fide sad BFA, BFE, BFA, BFA, you might be dealing with the sad BFE. I can talk like that because I live in the South. I should note here that, um, you know, everybody says this stuff on occasion, like mentioning what school you went to, or who, you know, you drop a name now and then. For example, I will mention that I went to Western Michigan University, go Broncos but only around my husband. And he went to Eastern Michigan University, a little bit of a rival. And I only do that when they're playing each other in football and WMU wins, which is usually and only when he's talking smack. So you know, you can you can hear this. We all do it now and then what separates these sad BFEs, these egomaniacs from the other zoo animals, is that it happens a lot, like all the time, every meeting, every call, every conversation, 
at some point you'll hear it. You know, once you identify it, you'll expect it. You'll you'll expect to hear that insecurity manifest itself in every encounter. You know it's coming. You'll wait for it. And there it is. Sorry, I'm late. I've been working 14 hour days on this $6 million account. Yeah, Bob, we knew that. You know why? Because you told us last call and the meeting before that and the one before that. So yeah, thank you. So yes, I've known a lot of egos in my past, not as many as some apparently, but um, here's one that I'm going to tell you about. It's from my past career life. And I'll call this individual Jorge. It's not his real name, of course. To protect the innocent, I changed names, and the innocent being myself. So Jorge was a consultant project manager, and um, I should have included in when the program manager, Mike, hey, Mike, and myself were interviewing him on the phone, as he seemed a little arrogant and a little put off that we would like dare to ask him questions about his experience. It was already on his resume, and I don't even remember if he said something or if I just sensed it. But something made me let him know that we didn't have his resume and he did back off a little bit. So I, you know, I let it slide. I didn't think too much about it. But note to self, always check your gut. And I didn't. So Jorge reported to me and he sat a few cubicles down from mine in the same aisle. And we had walls on our cubicles, you know, like 2.5 walls and a partial locker. Um, the walls were only about five feet high um, and the aisle side was way open. So it, it was kind of a semi private area, but it was definitely very open in the aisle area. There were no doors, right? We didn't have full walls or doors. And Jorge would sit with his chair turned out into the aisle when he talked on the phone at full volume. Yeah, he was really loud. And even though a couple of times, maybe three times I sent out emails to the team because you know what, I'm not a I'm not a jerk. I don't like to call people out if you know, I can get something in there that's doesn't call attention, although I think everybody knew who I was talking about. But I would send these emails out, you know, reminding him that voices carry. Hush, hush, shut up. Anyway, um, good song. Um, so I'd remind him that, you know, we, we've got privacy rooms, which we did, we had two of them. So go into a privacy room and have your conversation. Of course, he completely ignored him. And I was getting complaints from people like four aisles down. So it was pretty bad. And by the way, he's not the only consultant that did this. I don't know what it is. And I'm a consultant. So I don't know. I don't know why. Anyway, Jorge, um, he also would make these unrealistic promises to our project business partner owners, or the the business partner was really the, um, I think he was a director who, you know, kind of sponsored the project. It was his request, mostly about the schedule, because I'm sure anybody who works project, especially in tech knows that the partners want something done when they want it done. But of course, the schedule and the work does not often support that. So um, in, in this case, it did not. But Jorge would, you know, feed him these options, these just ridiculous options and get their hopes up, even though there wasn't a chance in hell that we were ever going to meet these demands. So I had asked Jorge, Jorge, I'm Peter Brady again, I had asked Jorge directly a few times after my passive emails uh, failed to stop giving these unrealistic schedule options to the partner. We couldn't and wouldn't be moving the deployment date. And we ended up having to do some damage control every time the business partner would speak with Jorge, and then he would challenge us to make it go faster because he would be giving getting be who'd be getting that impression from Jorge. So I ended up escalating this to my boss, who himself directly warned Jorge to stop it, but he just kept doing it. So one day after being warned, I don't know how many times he was doing his aisle barking again, and I overheard him with the director, the business partner. 
Because that's what he wanted, right? He wanted people to hear his loud voice and how awesome he was for having a conversation with an important person. And after a few minutes of this kind of pseudo yelling that he did, I heard, well, the entire floor heard him say, what if we had 500 people? Could we do it then? 500 people in a month. Is that doable? Folks, I, I could not believe my fucking ears. I mean, 500 people, Jorge, where the fuck are we going to get 500 people, even if that was feasible, which is not, everybody knows you can't, you can't make a baby with nine women in one month, right? Or whatever that saying is. So long story short, Jorge got his ass removed from the project in part because of this. And it, it wasn't the only thing. There were other incidents then, and I'll just call those embarrassing displays of this kind of condescending, patronizing tone. It was mostly directed towards the the woman who was handling our change management. And then there were other things where he blatantly ignored direction, not only from me, I was the, considered the delivery manager, but also the business side project lead and then her manager as well. And yeah, there's a lot of she's in there. I'm sure it's just, just a coincidence. So whenever I would try to have a conversation about Jorge, when I would confront him about some of this stuff, it was kind of creepy. His eyes would glaze over in this sort of cold, dead serial killer look. And I I kind of imagined that he was probably clenching his teeth because I I honestly, I felt sometimes like he was going to reach across the table and choke me. Of course, he never admitted anything, never took responsibility, never apologized, never acknowledged any part in the complaints. So classic. And this is why I love Gary V's statement about ego being insecurity wearing makeup. Because the irony is, the more the sad BFEs talk about themselves, and they need to have the world hear about their accomplishments, and they fail to admit they're part of the problem, the more their weakness and insecurity becomes painfully obvious. It's kind of sad. Because they think they're showing off and making themselves seem, seem more important. They, they believe this, but the exact opposite happens. They really come off as insecure and powerless and unsure of themselves. And there's no confidence at all. In fact, people who have true confidence, true leadership, they have a real and deep sense of their own worth. They don't need to constantly remind others about it. They, others just know, right? They just exude confidence. But egomaniacs have to constantly remind others and themselves and it has the opposite effect. And it's it's kind of painful to watch once you you recognize it, when you know those people and you hear it every time. It's it's very sad. Okay, let's stop here because I do want to get your input. I would love to hear from you. Um, you know, t- tell me about the biggest you know, egomaniac you've ever had, had the nausea to encounter. Um, and I'm more I'm more interested in hearing about what insecurities that they had. You know, what was the dead giveaway that you're talking about somebody with an inflated ego? And on a serious note, um, when I put out the word that I was going to be talking about egos in the workplace, I had a few people reach out privately with their personal stories. And some of them kind of crossed the party lines, egomaniac into bullying and narcissism, which often happens with um, some of these folks. And for those of you who are working with these assholes and you're afraid to speak out, know that you're not alone. Um, Many of us have been there and we are here for you. I always encourage people to call this shit out right away, but... I also recognize that that's not always easy to do. So hang in there. Keep trying to find your voice. Um, Eventually you will. And anything we can do to help, um, please let us know. All right, Grit Squad. That is it for this episode. Don't forget to check out our private Facebook group, Cafe Grit. We continue these conversations. It's a great way to leave leave me your your, um, feedback in a private, safe setting. I'm also on LinkedIn, Beth Ann Campbell, and Instagram, TheBean67. That's T H E B E A N N 67. 
Thanks again for stopping by to talk about self-absorbed dicks with big fat egos. And we'll talk to you next time. Take it easy. Hey, everybody. Thanks for stopping by Cafe Grit, where the moxie is fresh, the passion cold brewed, and everything is served with a heaping side of mojo. If you like what's on the menu, please check out the Cafe Grit group on Facebook, where I'd love to hear your feedback and continue these conversations. You can also find me on LinkedIn as Beth Ann Campbell, that's Anne with an E, or by following hashtag Cafe Grit. And I will be forever beholden if you would give me a quick review on iTunes to make the Apple gods happy. In return, I will wish upon you copious amounts of bacon, your favorite hot beverage, and of course, pie. The music for this podcast is called Lounge Cafe, and it's by Dmitry Baliev. You can find more great tunes by Dmitry and others at audiojungle.net. Check it out. Thanks again for stopping by, and remember, you don't have to deal with the bullshit, and there is something better out there. Let's figure it out together. Take it easy. Take it easy.